So if there was only one side I had to share as to why and how awesome the HSA is, as amazing as it is, is the triple tax-free benefits. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, Certified Financial Planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to be back. I took a kind of short, kind of long paternity leave. So I took some time off before we had our daughter, a few weeks after we had our daughter. Uh, she's doing awesome. She's been home now with us for a few weeks. And so super excited that she's home and finally a part of our family. We've been going on a lot of family walks with all four children. And then I think our neighbors look at us and think that we're a little bit crazy. But I'm excited to be back today talking about what the tech is in HSA. So HSAs are a really fantastic, really flexible, flexible and versatile type of an account that I think a lot of people don't understand. So with open enrollment right around the corner, usually that's November time period for most of my clients. It's a big question that comes up with like, which, which health insurance should I choose? And if you choose a high deductible health plan that comes with an HSA option. And again, because of all the benefits and they're a little bit more complicated. I want to make sure we tackle this, answer any of those questions that you have and, and really give you a clear understanding of, well, does this help you or do, is it worth more of a consideration than maybe you may have given it in the past, or maybe you've been using HSA and you're not quite sure why it's been working or how it's been working for you. And so we'll dig into those details. And so here's just disclosures I have to share all the time. And at the same time, this is a live recording of my podcast that I'm bringing back. And so we, I'm going to play a quick little disclosure from my friend, friend of the show, Orlando Gomez. His interview was earlier in this season. So if you want to hear more about his story of how he broke into tech by writing a jingle, definitely check that out. But here's his quick disclosure for you guys to listen Disclaimer alert. This information's for education. So don't just go use it. First consult with your financial advisor because that's way more legit. That's it. Awesome. That is it. So we've moved on from the disclosures, but uh, basically what this says, yep, it's informational purposes only. So definitely, I don't know all of your specific situation. Uh, my clients, I say to you. So if you're a client watching this or listening to this podcast, I definitely reach out because I will know your exact situation, be able to help you a lot more. One of the things that makes not only just an HSA question, just such a big question mark and like, what the heck is going on here is just health insurance in general, super complicated, probably way more complicated than it should be. And so if, if this is any consolation where we're going to shore up some of the questions and some of the confusion that you had on this part of your options, when it comes to your open enrollment, uh, that makes my day and, and hopefully it makes your life a little bit less stressful and easier as you're navigating these decisions. And the big question is, well, should you use an HSA? A lot of times an HSA in a high deductible health plan, these things are paired together. That is usually a part of your open enrollment. There's usually a high deductible health plan with an HSA plus one other type of health insurance option. Sometimes you might have a more robust list. I've seen things as many as like six or seven different options, which you think are helpful, but at the end of the day, it just makes things more confusing sometimes for people to, to go ahead and choose. Well, does an HSA make sense for you? Does it make sense for you to look into a little bit more detail than we'll cover today. 
if, if I wanted to, I could probably easily talk for 45 minutes or an hour on this, but I, I really want to condense it to the key information you need to do that last little bit of research on yourself and lock this in. But I'm aiming to have this be less than 15 minutes of covering information, I'll give give or take, depending on the Q&A at the end. So what the heck is an HSA exactly? That is short for a health savings account. And again, these are just crazy accounts, special tax benefits, best tax treatment of any type of account out there in the United States, at least. And it's, it's pretty ridiculous. It provides a ton of flexibility and a ton of benefit too, depending on what's going on in your life. If you're able to benefit from this and not have a ton of medical expenses, there's a lot of cool things that you can do with an HSA that you might not have ever thought of. So we'll, we'll cover all those cool and, and things that I find exciting as far as strategizing and maximizing your returns and minimizing your taxes. You are only able to use an HSA account if you are enrolled in a qualified high deductible health plan. So that's important piece. You can't pick a, a, a health insurance that is not a high deductible health plan that's qualified for an HSA and then still try to turn out an HSA. Uh, I'm sure you can do those things on your own, but when it comes tax season, <laughs> there's going to be all sorts of issues and all sorts of audit problems if you run into that. So make sure you're enrolled in a qualified high deductible health plan if you're going to utilize in the HSA. And so super, super important on that. I've seen people uh, try to get the benefits of the HSA without actually having a high deductible health plan and the IRS does not like that. So if there was only one slide I had to share as to why and how awesome the HSA is, as amazing as it is, is the triple tax-free benefit. So you get a tax reduction going in. So any of the funds that you put into an HSA account, that reduces your taxable income. So that's that's awesome, right? And then as it's in the account, it can grow tax-free. And there's a couple of different ways you can approach this. It, it might not stick in the account too long if it truly is for medical expenses and you still have a, a high level of medical expenses coming up that you just need to take it back out. If so, the tax-free growth might not be as beneficial for you. But I do have clients in, and you may be in this situation as well where you have a robust emergency savings, surplus of cash flow, maxing out all of your retirement accounts and, and just really just have plenty of funds where you don't actually need to take the money out. Even if you do have medical expenses, I'll talk about that benefit a little bit later. But yeah, if you don't have a ton of medical expenses, you can let these things grow tax-free. You can invest in the traditional way that you would with like a 401k or an IRA account. So investing in the stock market, allow it to grow all that growth will be tax-free. The withdrawals will also be tax-free too. So it depends on the situation and kind of what you're making those withdrawals for. But that's that's that final third triple tax-free portion of it is not only will it go in tax-free, grow tax-free, you get to withdraw it tax-free. And that's if you have eligible qualified medical expenses. So this is another thing that kind of catches a lot of people by surprise and they don't realize is that there are the obvious health expenses that a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I went to doctors. I went to the hospital. I went to ER. Like clearly that should be an eligible medical expense. But then there's other things too that maybe you, you didn't necessarily know. Like if you had to get dental work done, well, your HSA funds can be withdrawn and used towards those purposes. Same thing for vision. And then a, a few other ones that I've had clients ask me when we're, we're looking about, well, what can we do come tax season 
to fund an HSA, but because cash flow is a little bit tight, take the funds right back out. So get the immediate tax benefit, take the funds back out and use it towards something they were going to have an expense for anyways. And so acupuncture has been on there as well as a chiropractor for medical purposes. So if you talk with your chiropractor, there's ways for them to categorize these things uh, to make sure that it's jives well when it, you are filing your tax returns it's saying, Hey, yes, I did have qualified medical expenses. So these withdrawals are going to be tax free for me. So there's a whole list too. So uh, what I do typically when I get a question and I'm not sure if it's a qualified medical expense, I just do a Google search and there's like three or four different websites that have like a laundry list categorized like A through Z of all the different things that you can buy from the store, purchase at like CVS, Walgreens as well as the other types of services like the acupuncture chiropractor. So if you have a question, not sure if it's qualified and it might be kind of on the edge of that, just do a Google search, find these great websites and find out whether or not that qualifies. And, and it's a good, good excuse for you to pop funds into the HSA, knowing that you're going to get the tax benefit and you can pull it right back out. It doesn't have to be a cash flow issue. So unfortunately this is an unlimited, right? The triple tax free, the IRS isn't going to just let you drop however much money you want into it and allow it to grow tax free. Uh, there's going to be annual contribution limits. And as of 2021, if you have an individual health plan, it's $3,650. If you have a family covered with your health plan, then it's going to be 7,300. So, um, not a huge amount on an annual basis, but if you continue to have those eligible health insurance with the high deductible health plan and you're eligible for the HSA contributions every single year, and then you're able to start investing this. These things can truly add up over time. And just a quick example of what the tax benefits would look like. This is someone that's fallen in the 24% tax bracket. So if you're watching or listening to this and you're not quite in the 24% bracket, maybe you're in the 10% or 12%, these tax benefits are not going to be as robust as the one that we're looking at. But then you could be in the, the upper range, maybe in 32, those higher tax brackets that always seem to be changing over these last few years and, and possibly changing here in the near future. But it, these might not be as robust as if you are in those higher tax brackets. Uh, there's also one small thing I'll cover at the end, which provides additional tax savings to certain people. So I'll share that with you too. But yeah, tax savings of $876 if you max out the contribution as an individual and you land in that 24% tax bracket. If you make that maximum family contribution of $7,300, well, then the tax benefit at that 24% tax bracket is $1,752. So if you think about it, not, not a huge number is not going to change your life or anything like that, but that's free money that you get back or or that you don't end up paying in to taxes. So a true tax savings to you and then the crazy parts happen when it starts to grow tax-free and then once you're able to actually use it and, and leverage that and use it for your life or medical expenses whatever those come up to you when you take them up so that's great and all those are all the benefits but how do we know for sure how your health insurance that's going to qualify for an hsa is going to allow is it going to really be the best thing for you and there's really the three main things that are easy to take a look at. And looking at those could tell us, well, do we need to dive in deeper? Is your situation a little bit more complex? And so what that looks like is the guaranteed costs. A lot of times people don't realize that the, you're guaranteeing yourself that you're going to pay a whole bunch more 
by choosing a different insurance option. So one that's not a high deductible health plan, one that doesn't allow you to have the HSA. And the reason why people do this, and, and sometimes it's an error, maybe they shouldn't do it, is because they're scared of the unknowns with the high deductible health plans. Because a lot of times there might be, it depends on how the insurance is shaped up uh, by your employer and that coverage is provided. But there might be a question mark as to, well, how much do I pay if I go to the emergency room or how much do I have to pay if I have to go to the hospital? And for that, there's not a quick and easy number. You'd have to call in, figure out what those things are. With some of the other non-high deductible health plans, it's kind of locked in. There's co-pays, things like that, where it's like, oh, this is all you pay. And people like, like, oh, that's a no. And I, I know for sure what that is. But the problem is from a guaranteed cost standpoint, it, there's sometimes such a huge gap. There could be a $4,000 gap between the high deductible health plan and this other one that you're locking in and guaranteeing that you're going to pay 4,000 more. And, and that's where really where there's a lot of flexibility where if you don't have anything major come up or maybe it's just small stuff, you could just save outright. Even before we talk about the tax savings, $2,000, $3,000 just by going with a high deductible health plan and all these health insurance plans are set up separately. Also worst case scenario. So the, the easy way to look at that is look at the max out of pocket. So this is like, Hey, what if I have a $150,000 medical bill? What's the worst that can happen in any of these things? And typically you just look at that max out of pocket and that is what it is. You'll definitely want to make sure you're aware of, well, What's the max out of pocket if I'm in network versus out of network, or if I'm out of the country, if you travel a lot, these, these things could change some of the variables for you. But a lot of times it's like, nope, I'm, I'm U.S. based, usually around the house, around the, my state. So it, it should be in network. I don't see why it wouldn't be. I then look at just kind of a, a high usage case. So there's the best case, worst case, and then what's, what's kind of middle of the road. And so you could throw out like a number what if I had $10,000 in medical expenses? So how you calculate that is then you, you know that you're going to be using the deductibles on some of those things. Uh, then look at the co-insurance, which is how much you pay versus how much that insurance starts paying. And again, if you have an, an advanced situation where it's like, ah, I have these medical things, medical things I have to get done, people I have to see, prescriptions I need to have filled, then you don't want to just look at these three easy to calculate scenarios, you really want to, to run some numbers. You really want to start calling in and finding out, well, what's the, how much would this medication cost here versus if I was on this other coverage. And the thing is, those things change every year. So just because you maybe have been good on your insurance coverage for your medication, these things flip around. So sometimes we get notifications that, oh, our doctor might not be on our plan anymore when the next open enrollment rolls around, even though we don't change the plan. And then we kind of had to freak out, call in and make sure that nothing's really changed because it easily could. And, and it's hard to know unless you kind of look into all these things every single time. So if you know that you have no needs coming up for us, we knew that we were going to have a baby this year. So we made our arrangements, made sure that the health insurance we chose was going to be the best fit. But those, those three things, there's three easy ways. And then if your situation's more complex, you can run through that. So the last things I'm going to tackle here, just a couple of tips and tricks that, that may work for you, that may kind of apply to your situation that a lot of people are not aware of. So when you actually make contributions directly from your paycheck, 
you may save additional taxes. So not just the tax bracket you're in, but you might save on paying Medicare and social security taxes. This only applies if your income is below, I don't have the specific number for this year, but it's about like 140,000. So social security gets capped at a certain amount of income. And once you go above the income, you're not paying the social security taxes anyway. So if you're making $200,000 and you want to use HSA, you're not going to benefit from the 7.65% savings. But if you're making $100,000 or less or $130,000 or less, and you're making HSA contributions, you're saving the tax bracket, plus you're saving the social security and Medicare taxes by putting it directly into the HSA before social security and Medicare or know about the income. And, and it's perfectly, uh, say if it's the IRS knows that people do this and that's how things are set up with your employer. Another thing is you can actually use a health savings account as a retirement asset. And the reason why we might want to do that is because of that tax-free growth in the tax-free withdrawals. So if you save your receipts and say, Hey, I have all these expenses for the next 20 years before you retire and you save these receipts in that nice secure spot, you can actually refund yourself back in the future. So 20 years from now. Uh, save up these receipts and then reimburse yourself in the future for all these expenses you've had over that time. And what you can do is use that to supplement your retirement income because uh, social security gets taxed if your income's high. There's health insurance that, that that is more costly if you're reporting more income. And so with an HSA, as the funds come out, staff reported as taxable income. And so you can really navigate and, and use this tax-free growth, tax-free withdrawal to supplement your retirement and also just kind of supercharge it by not navigating around any type of tax situations, health insurance situations, you put yourself in the best position. So the pretty, pretty crazy, more advanced. So you definitely, this would be thing, something to look into a lot deeper than just uh, this conversation. But that's what I do with some of my clients that have that high, high emergency savings amount already. They were already maxing out everything and they, they just have mu so much money that we don't need to take from the health savings account just because they have medical expenses come up. They're able to cover that with their normal paycheck and things and allow this to grow tax-free so we can really, really take advantage of it in the future. And then another thing, so let's say an opposite situation. Still got a lot of different buckets we're trying to do. We're trying to pay off the student loans, pay off debt, pay mortgage, um, not yet maxing out retirement accounts. And you don't have the cash flow necessarily to just throw money in, allow it to grow tax-free and wait forever for it before you take it back out. That's when you know that things come up or that things that have happened, if you keep these receipts, you can contribute into your HSA. You have all the way to the filing deadline of the following year. So for 2021, it's going to be in April, 2022, that we can put funds in, receive the tax benefit for 2021 and pull it right back out if we've had medical expenses at that point. Or we know in my situation with the birth of my child coming up, like we put the funds in for tax season. We know we have a few months. Uh, we're going to have all these expenses. We can pull that out if we wanted to. And so really, uh, there's no cash flow issues. It might be a day or two uh, before the funds are available for me to just pull right back out and reimburse myself. But then we're able to get the tax savings for the prior year and then be able to return the, the cash, return the savings uh, and be able to use that for a normal kind of life. So. That's a really advanced thing too that a lot of people aren't aware of. Uh, even tax brokers don't really help people understand that there's that unique benefit and last minute tax strategy where you can kind of boost your tax savings 
but not really be out the money because you can take it right back as long as you have those eligible medical expenses, which I mentioned earlier, kind of range a, a wide variety of things. There's a lot of things you can tie into that. So I definitely appreciate anyone who was able to listen to this today. Things have been a, a little funky. I just haven't have lots of kids around the house and at different stages uh, of doing things and trying to enjoy that as well as doing my normal work that I need to get done. But I, I will be cranking up more podcasts here. Prior to the end of the year, I then will start it all up after tax season again to you. So uh, thank you for joining me today and let me know if you have any questions. Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting levelupfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.